today on It's Time. It was meant to justify man. It was meant to show us how desperately we needed a Savior. Mountain included people. You see, we have a new mountain that we go to, and that mountain is Christ. I hear the calling. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning, everyone. If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. As we go through the Bible, so important to know all of God's word. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if Jesus puts great emphasis upon God's word, how much more should we? And I think that that's always a good thing that you're going to know the heart of God. That's what God reveals through his word is what he's like. You know, today we have a lot of ideas that, well, all you really need is a new modern Bible. A modern Bible with only one page in it, and in that, only one verse on the one page. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You don't need the rest of the Bible. They don't teach the rest of the Bible. They teach motivational speaking, self-help courses, putting Jesus in your pocket, climbing to the top. But Jesus said we need to know God's word. Why is it? Because in God's word, it reveals to us who God is. Now today, there's a lot of problems with that because a lot of people have a concept of God that they made up or formed by television or by some movie or something else. So we really don't know the God of the Bible if you leave the God of the Bible out of our teaching. So that's why it's important that we know what God says. First of all, it's impossible. The more you know about God, this is what's possible. The more you're going to know about yourself. That's good news. Friends, because that shows us who he is and who we are. Now, all the way through the Bible, you find that, who he is, who we are. Today is one of those days that we're going to see how important you and me are to the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you that your Holy Spirit will now come and speak to us in a just a mighty way, God, that we would know your heart. We would know who you are. We would know who we are in these days. And Lord, as we see many things going on around us that trouble so many people, that we would be rock steady in a world that doesn't know you. And so now as we spend this time, May your Holy Spirit speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We've been going through the book of Exodus. Now this is the coming out. This is where God dealt with Pharaoh, the plagues, the children of Israel who had been in the land of Goshen for over 400 years. Now are on their way to the promised land. And God begins to reveal to himself more and more who he is, his power, his majesty, his glory. Now as we look at chapter 19, it says in the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. Now, most of you that are Bible scholars, you know, this is where the Ten Commandments were given. And we're looking at the setup for this great command that comes from God. And that comes in the next chapter, chapter 20. And so three months since they left Egypt, 90 days... They've run through a lot of things. They ran out of water. Moses took care of that. All the different things that God had did. We find that God very clearly says that on that day, the, 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 uh, three months after they came out, God now is dealing with them again and they come to Sinai. Sinai is in that area of Midian where many people believe, and I believe it's accurate what the Bible says, where Moses experienced the burning bush and God spoke to him to go set the people free. Well, we find in verse three here, it says, verse two, it says, for they had departed from Rephidim and come to the desert of Sinai encamped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. I like that. God says, I took you out of slavery to myself. Now, friends, this is why I believe it's important to know God's word. Because every one of us, we were taken from slavery, serving Satan, picture type in the Bible, Pharaoh, and he brought us to himself. We are saved for a reason. Yes, I know it's great that we have a place that God's prepared for us. John 14, 6 uh, says, if I go, I'll prepare a place for you. And... uh, in John 14, he says he's going to um, give us his place. In my father's house are many mansions. I like that. That's good news. I mean, we got a place to look forward to. You know, I, you think about all the stuff going on. I, I suppose all of us know somebody that's had the COVID. And, and, and you think, well, are they going to die? Are they going to live? All these different things. The good news is, if you're a Christian, hey, your life is in God's hands. And you can rest in that. Now... I died um, almost a year ago, and uh, but I'm back. No, I died, like somebody said one time, and it's so good to be here and here and here. No, I mean, a little, when you die, it's weird. I died for two minutes. I flatlined, you know, heard myself. I'm laying in the gurney uh, in, in the emergency room, and, uh, you know, they have all these little suction cups on you with wires, and you boop, boop. Boop, and I hear myself flatline. That's not good. I'm laying there, I hear ooh, 
And everybody starts jumping around in the room. And I looked at my wife and I said, well, that's not good. And that was the last thing I said. I just, eh. and they paddled me and they brought me back. But here's the good news. If it's my time, your time to go, we know where we're going. And that is peace, friends, that passes all understanding. Now, I can tell you, I've been dead. It was not something I'll ever be scared of. Because when I died, it was just like, it just like you kind of, it wasn't like I fell asleep. It was just like you're, you're, you're different. And I'll tell you, my heart, my, my chest was killing me with the heart attack. Because I had a COVID, a, 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 a COVID blood clot in my heart. And that shut my heart down. And the pain was killing me. But when I died, it didn't hurt anymore. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. It just didn't hurt anymore. I was still very much conscious of people around me. But the thing is, it wasn't something that I worried about. I want to just encourage all of you. If you're in Christ this morning, God brought you out of the serving Satan for his purpose. And as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as we're alive to be about our daddy's business, that's the good news of the gospel. Not only am I saved from my sins, but I'm saved into a purpose for God. You know, he says here, and the first thing God does as he's talking to the children of Israel, he reminds them of what God had done for them in the past. Remember that. Think about what God has done for you in the past. How he got you through that narrow scrape that you didn't think you were going to get out of or whatever, or that that was going to come and hit you head on and it missed you. God is faithful. That's what's so important to always remember. Remember what God has done for you. Number two, as we look at this here, now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. That's what God says about you, that you're going to be a special treasure to God. You say, but Mike, that's speaking about the Jewish people. The Apostle Paul says, friends, we were grafted in. That's who you are to God. You're a special treasure to him. Now, why is that? Now, see, if you don't know the Bible, if you only know that you were saved, you would not understand how valuable you are to God. Because the Bible tells us that we represent God to this world, and God, again... There's two things a priest did. Represent God to the people and the people to God. That special treasure in which God deals with. That's what you mean to God. Now again, remember that. Your treasure, you're valuable to God. You know, a lot of you this week, the devil's just been pounding on you saying, you're no good and you're worthless and, and, and God doesn't want you and look at all the things you did wrong. I want to tell you, to God... You're a special person and a special treasure to him. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God speaks to Moses privately. And he says, look, I want you to let the people know what I think of them. I love them. 
You're a special treasure. You're a kingdom of priests. That's why you're valuable to God. Because you represent God to a world that doesn't know him. You represent a true living God, not a God that they have made up in their minds, what God they think is like, but what God is really like. That's what our job is. That's why we're still here. And until our purpose is done, until we're done, I believe God will leave you here. You can have heart attacks. You can fall down the stairs. I did that last week. (laughs) I must be in self-destructo mode or something. I don't know. I tumbled all the way down a stair, hit my chin on the thing, punched a hole through my... I was a wreck. But I look at this and I realize that until God is done with us, we're pretty much here. Friends, that's good. Now, some of us I know said, oh, I just am so tired of living. God, get me out of this zoo I call living. God says, I'm not done with you yet. I like that about God. God has made you and me a kingdom of priests to represent him in a world that doesn't know him. You were saved from the world. You were saved from serving Satan, and now you're serving God. That's who you are. Now, notice Moses gets this special command from God what to do. Verse 9, he says, so, excuse me, verse 7, so Moses called for the elders of the people, and laid before them all these things which the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together, saying, All the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought the brought back the words to the people to the Lord. So here, not only did he bring the message from God to the people, but now he brings the message from the people. All the Lord has said, we will do. So he goes back. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak to you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words to the the people um, of the people to the Lord. So the Lord said to Moses, go to the people, set them apart today, tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of of all the people. So he's saying, okay, Moses, I want you to introduce me to the people of Israel. So for two days, get ready. And on the third day, I'm going to make an appearance. Now you got to think about this for a minute, friends. The reason why God is doing this is to first of all, let everybody know in the camp of Israel that this isn't just a Moses show, but this is something God's doing. Because when we get to chapter 20, when the Ten Commandments are given, that people hear, they know what God wants. In other words, this isn't just some Moses in the back room production. This is something that everybody will see Everybody will experience. Now, there's some things going on. Now, notice, I I think it's kind of interesting. On the third day, you'll know who I am. That's what he was saying to to Moses. You tell the people of Israel, get ready for the two days. And on the third day, I'm going to show you who I am. Isn't it amazing that after Jesus died on the third day, we got to see who Jesus really was? A risen, living Savior. You think about that for a minute. That's one of the things that makes Christianity different than all the other religions of the world. They all have dead leaders. But you serve 
a risen Savior. And so he says, go to the people, set them apart. Now again, that means sanctify, means to set apart, because God's going to do something really unique in the sight of all the people. And you shall set bounds, verse 12, you shall set bounds for all the people, around saying, take heed for yourselves that you do not come up to the mountain or touch it, uh, touch his base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall be surely stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. He shall not uh, touch the mountain. Now, real quick, just to look at this real funny. It's interesting that if they were to touch the mountain, when God was revealing himself, they were to be put to death. They weren't to be grabbed. They were to be shot. You couldn't even touch them. You'd defile yourself. So he says, if they do this, they're in violation. Now, what is so amazing, the law never really was meant to justify man. It was meant to show us how desperately we needed a savior. Mount Sinai alienated people. Mount Zion included people. You see, we have a new mountain that we go to, and that mountain is Christ. The Bible says, whosoever will may come. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. God opens his hands, his doors, his life wide open to us. Why is that? Because even in all the things the law does, it does not get rid of the sin. It can maybe tell us not to sin, but it doesn't remove the sin. Only Jesus removes the sin. And that's why we can't approach a holy, righteous God in ourselves. That's why the Ten Commandments, that's why the law will never reconcile us to the Father, because the law says what we need to do. But it's interesting, if you study the book of Acts, halfway through the book of Acts, when all the Gentiles started getting saved, they came and they said, what laws are we going to put the Gentiles under since none of our fathers could keep the commandments? Isn't it weird that today we still have groups of people that believe you've got to get back under, observe dietary laws, worshiping on Saturday, all these things in some way to make them righteous. Friends, there is nothing externally we do to be righteous. Paul says there's no good thing dwells in the flesh. I, you cannot generate our own righteousness. By doing good deeds, charitable deeds, being a civitan, uh, helping uh, people across the street, whatever it might be, we do not generate our own righteousness. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because if it was possible to generate your own righteousness, how much righteousness do you need to generate in order to be good enough to be accepted by God? Think about it for a minute. And if you're not up to that level, that means you're rejected. So therefore, you never have what's called the assurance of salvation because your righteousness is generated by yourself, not a free gift of God that God gives you. See, I don't have to worry about being good enough because I never did the righteous things to make me righteous other than receive what God does. And and again, Paul says, we put on his righteousness. So you wrap a coat around you in the wintertime. You did not generate that righteousness. That's something God gave you. That's what makes you acceptable to God. And so therefore, I can have assurance of salvation because when someone asks you, hey, if you died today, why would you go to heaven? 
Well, because Jesus died on the cross for me and I've accepted what he's done. It isn't, well, you know, I've done the best I can. Well, when they react that way, or if you were to answer that way, if you died today, why would you get to go to heaven? Well, I've done the best I can. Your righteousness is being generated in yourself, not in Christ. That's really important. Because how good do you got to be to be good enough? Well, I don't know. And I hope when I get there, I figure it out. It's too late to find out. That's why the Bible says our assurance of salvation comes from him. Now, the only requirement in the Bible. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's not by works we're saved. Well, that's true. Not works in going door to door, selling flowers in airports and doing charitable deeds. But they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what work must we do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, this is the work you must do. Believe that the Father has sent me. Now, why is that important? Because there the Bible says, your faith becomes a work in that you've accepted what Christ has done for you. Our responsibility then as a Christian is to abide in him. We live in him. In him, uh, the book of uh, Acts says, Luke says, uh, we live, move, exist, and have our being like a fish in water. That's why it's important. We understand where our righteousness comes from. And again, this is why Jesus said, abide in me, I in you. A branch can bear fruit of itself, friends. So again, this is a divine work of God in our life. And this is why the Bible says, by their fruits, you will know them. Look at the fruit in their life. That's how you can tell a real believer versus a make-believer. There's a lot of make-believers out there. Oh, they know all the Christian jargon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, but... Do they really know God? Well, you don't know unless you look at the fruit in their life. Now, I found a lot of things interesting about fruit. Fruit isn't always recognizable at first. You know, you go out in the spring of the year, if it's an apple tree, you have the flowers. And then pretty soon the flowers fall off and you have the little, the little baby apples that are on there. And pretty soon, it isn't till maybe September that these apples come to full maturity so you know what they are. This is one of the things that is important. Now, a couple of things about fruit you always want to look at. Number one, does it exist? Can you look in your life and see what God has done? Now, remember, as we're studying this today, God tells Moses, remind the children of Israel what I have done for them. Okay, I think it's important. So look at the fruit in your life. Is there fruit in my life? If there isn't, I want to encourage you a couple things. One, you may be in that growth stage. You may be in May or uh, April. Those little baby apples are on the tree. That's one thing. Number two, though, there should be fruit in your life. Now, it isn't always thousands of people getting saved when you sneeze. But sometimes you see things in your life. You see a maturity in your life. I remember my mom when she got saved. My, I had an interesting, um, my parents were, were both raised in church, but the Second World War came along, you know, we might die tomorrow, do whatever you want to do. And they got away from the Lord and they, uh, 
got married after the Second World War, and uh, my sister got very sick with uh, kidney infection, and the doctor came in and looked at my mom and said, well, if you know a prayer, you better say it. Well, my mom realized that she was so far from God, she really didn't know what to do. And what was really amazing, I remember a Sunday morning, my mom would send my sister and me to church, to Sunday school, but they themselves wouldn't come. And one Sunday uh, after the doctor told her that, they came to church. The minister gave the invitation, accept the Lord. They both accept the Lord that Sunday morning. My dad smoked, drank, did, you know, and just lightning bolt. Whammo, he was a new creature. No more smoking, no more drinking, no more, just, God just did a miracle in his life. My mom, on the other hand, when she accepted the Lord, There wasn't a lightning bolt experience, but there was a gradual change in her life. I remember my mom saying to me, she said, you know, one of the most amazing things when I accepted Christ is I stopped using God in my cuss words. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.